What's up, everybody? This is Carmine Davis, and you are listening to The Carmine Davis Show. What the fuck is up? Okay, listen. Okay, I had a crazy-ass week. Um, get in here, sit the fuck down. Let's talk. Like, and no, don't overtalk me. I'm going to talk, okay? But just in case you're just getting into this and you don't know who the fuck I am and why you should sit down and listen to me, I'm the bad bitch captain. No. <laughs> I'm crazy. This <laughs> no okay listen no y'all for real i'm kind of sad but (laughs) i'll get into that after y'all follow rate subscribe rate and review this podcast i don't do this for my health hit that bell button to get notifications about um when the show um is premiering on your favorite streaming platforms we're on spotify amazon apple or that um but anyway um i had a really really tough week um, but it's a good thing. Uh, I had to, uh, X some cheesy niggas at my circle, like a pizza. And, um, but I'm sad. You know, I'm such a Capricorn. Like everything, how I actually feel will never <laughs> be on my face, but I am sad. Um, I had a really, really bad, like break, um, down up or whatever with a really really cl- really close friend of mine this week and it was pretty tough um but i'm a faith-filled person i believe um that's what meant to be is what meant was meant to be i believe in signs i believe in um looking at the positivity in things and i think sometimes we hold on to people and things because we want them there and not realizing that they are not beneficial at all for you at all like you know what I'm saying and and people I I have a tendency to date people who meet me at a time in life I'm sorry do you hear my girl snoring they are bored of hearing my sad transgressions for the last three or four days but anyway I I believe that I tend to meet people in the worst times of their lives (laughs) and I either and the catalyst for them to be better um, immediately or they break away from me and then realize later on I was right and they usually try to come back but I'll be so over that by then and it's just a continuous cycle and it's sad I said all that to say nothing. We're going to move on. That's what the fuck I had going on this week. Um, and a lot of people had some shit going on according to these hot topics that I got. Like, and um, one of those were Monique this week. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if you heard or anything like that. Mona, um, Monique is unapologetic after stirring up a debate for advising black women to look presentable. Um, this is coming from lovebyscott.com. Click the link in the description to read this article yourself. Sometimes I'll be stammering over words, trying to read too fast, mispronouncing and butchering bitches' names. So sometimes it's best for you just to click the link and read it yourself. Give it a good go. Um, Monique has responded to the mixed reactions she has received over the criticism of black women wearing hair bonnets and scars in public. 
Monique isn't backing down after landing in a hot water over the, her remarks about how black women should look presentable. Days after stirring up debate for advising young black women against wearing bonnets, head wraps, slippers, and pajamas in public, the actress returned to Instagram to double down on his her st- on his statements and explain why she came up with the message in the first place. The post that I did Friday in reference to us being the best us that we can be, it rubbed some of people wrong, but I wanted to share this with y'all. She began in a video uploaded on Tuesday, June the 1st, acknowledging the criticism leveled her leveled at her. There were two people in my life that had I taken a different attitude. I could have felt they were rubbing me wrong, but I'm glad I took the attitude of appreciation and gratitude because they tapped me. And that was Patti LaBelle and Margaret Avery. She went on sharing, I'm glad those two women love me enough that they would go out of their way to talk to me in a way that aunties, mamas, big sisters talk to their little sisters, nieces, grandbabies, and daughters. I was grateful for that because it allowed me to feel about things differently. Never once did I think those women were trying to be offensive, nasty, or mean. I thought it was nothing but love. The Oscar-winning actress seemingly wasn't bothered by the backlash, as she said. So for you babies that have taken offense to what I said, I'm okay with that. And when y'all say, we will cancel your ass, well, they've tried that, and I'm still here to tell, let y'all know I love you, and ain't nothing you can do about that. In the caption, she wrote unapologetic before claiming that her message about wearing balance was rooted in love. Hey, my beautiful babies, I'm okay with y'all, some of y'all being in your feelings. I love y'all, and sometimes that love ain't easy. Um, I am here for the challenge, and ain't nothing you can do to stop me from loving you, she insisted. That sounds like a threat. Um, Monique previously divided her fans and followers after posting a video in which she urged young black women to represent yourself with pride. She told them, hey, my sweet baby, show yourself that you deserve the best for yourself. I love us for real. On how they should look in public, the 53-year-old said, all I'm saying is, could you please comb your hair? I'm not saying you don't have to have pride, but the representation that you're showing someone will have to ask you to know if you have it. Let me read that again. I'm not saying you don't have pride, but the representation that you're showing someone will have to ask you to know if you have it. It's not to get a man. It's just your representation of you, my sweet babies. Okay. Um, She's also noted that if you look like you don't give a damn, how are you going to be treated? And warned, if I see you in the streets in the airport in Walmart and you got a bonnet on and you got slippers on and you look and you looking like, what the fuck? Auntie going to tap you and say, hey, baby girl, show what you're worth. And one thing about her is she don't back down. Okay, so... Uh, I, you know, mm, uh, there's always a lot of conversation about how black women and black people, period, but most importantly, black women and how they should look. There's a lot of conversations about the way black women should present themselves. And that's troubling to me. Um, We don't hear these conversations about white women walking around here looking crazy on you did y'all see Aubrey O'Day recently? I'm gonna add um some pictures, <laughs> some links to some pictures in here. But have y'all seen Aubrey O'Day? Of course, nobody says anything about it because she's a white girl walking around here looking crazy. Like a lot of times, I I get 
of course, where she's coming from to a certain extent, uh, especially being the one to tell people um, truths or telling people things that they may not want to hear. Um, I built a show around that. I know how important that is to be the bearer of unfortunate news, but I'm tired of older black people attacking black women on their presentation. Um, especially these are black women in bonnets who have degrees. Um, um, black women in bonnets who own businesses. These are black um, women who have kids and empires that they're building in slippers. Um, some of these women have made really good money off of fucking wearing bonnets that you can wear and do rags that you can wear in public. Um, and it's a part of our culture. I spoke about that previously. I think um, a lot of the times when people see it, they don't understand it. They don't get why. I, hell, I'll have a pair of quote-unquote house slippers that if, if you ever see me out, y'all know what I'm talking about, my furry slippers that are quote-unquote house slippers, but they're fashion. Like they're, they are public shoes, but they are designed to be um, worn out. And ideally, it's a nod to that fashion sense for me. Like... It's the slide and it's furry, you know, it's, it's the best of both worlds. But I think a lot of times people, um, like I said, there's a lot of conversation about how black people as a whole dress, how we look, how we carry ourselves, and not in the same ways as it is with other cultures. Um, I hear a lot of times people speaking up by the for the way like the Hispanic community behaves or the Asian culture behaves, like they're quote unquote what looks bad and un- um, unpresentable, un, un, you know, and, and displeasure to the eye, we constantly, people, white people, we allow white people to harp on that, telling men to pull their pants up and women to comb their ha hair and all this stuff. We don't get this, we don't get to do that about Hispanic cultures or in the things that they do. Um, or, you know, you don't ever hear anybody publicly saying crazy shit like, oh, can y'all stop having babies or shit like that? Like, and I'm, why, and I don't, this is not me saying that I don't believe that. I believe that my point of it is, is that people should be able to have as many kids as they want, unless you're Kiki Wyatt, who should be stopped. But people will have the right to be able to do what they want to do, especially something that is bred in their culture, um, especially something that you don't know anything about. Our nails and the bonnets and, and, and it, it, our nails and bonnets, first of all, and all those things were our representation. Sometimes it is. It's, it's a mood. Sometimes it is a woman's cry for help that she don't give a fuck. She's too tired. She's broke right now. And yeah, she's wearing a nasty T-shirt with a bonnet and some house shoes on to make her run. To do what she got to do for the people that are depending on her. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't we don't sit around here and talk about how y'all fucking wear overalls every goddamn wear or you know shit kicker shoes how the why the fuck do y'all feel like it's okay for y'all to wear your work uniforms in a restaurant you know like there's a lot of dirty uh um non people of color who come in nasty as fuck in public restaurants, stinking, smelling all kind of ways. Nobody's publicly allowed to say anything to y'all because that's mean or that's blah, 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 blah. But y'all can talk about 
black people's shit and black people's business. And so what bothers me more about this, bringing it back to Monique, is that she should know better. Um, not everybody is. I get what she's saying as far as professional people, like um, per, like blacktresses. If you're, you have to be. I think what maybe that's what Patty Labelle was trying to explain to her is that you got to be on all the time. People are going to talk about you. How you look in turn does affect how people treat you. More importantly, how people treat you matters most in Hollywood. It matters every day, but. People, it's an image-based world. Some of us don't live in that. Some of us, it doesn't matter how well they look that day. They're trying to make it. And you saying those things to women who you know, there's a lot of women who cannot give a fuck about how they look today or a lot of women who can't afford to look their best today or feel their best today. That is their prerogative. Nobody's telling, you know, any other culture what they should and should be doing out loud and getting rewarded for it. You know what I'm saying? Or are getting amends for it. And I think this is what Monique is missing. I get it. You know, she feels like she's trying to pass on a gym, but you live a completely different life than the average black woman. You live a completely different life than, you know, the bitches that you used to grow up with. I even under, I even understand that I'm not even there. Like image is important to me because image that's the kind of that's the job that I want. That's the image I want. It's important, but for my friends and all everybody else, if they have a tough day, nobody's gonna be like you know I saw Carmine Davis out busted. Like I, constantly, I am a I am my calling card. Who I am not as a brand and what everything I consistently do that does matter. Because a lot of my businesses and a lot of things that I do involves how I behave in, outside of my job um, and in my job. It all matters to me. But to other people, it doesn't. They don't give a fuck if they look busted in Kroger. They have that right. If they want to walk around here and, and jewel encrusted slides, and sometimes it's fashion. Rocking the bonnet and shit like that. Your hair could be perfectly pressed, but it go with the, foot, it go with the mood. It go with the aesthetic. And that's nobody's fucking business. The same way y'all be letting people walk around here smelling like wet animals in public. You know what I'm saying? Like, and saying nothing, offering them the greatest service, giving them all no side eye, no nothing. That is unbearable. Like, why are y'all all all smelling like a pack of dogs right now? I have a pack of dogs and they don't smell like that. In a public eating, nobody's allowed to say that to you. Nobody's a, but you want to talk about uh, uh, Duran who got his boxers on and his ass out a little bit. But when Justin Timberlake does it, it's style. You know what I'm saying? Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, that, that's how I feel. And I feel like Monique should know better. I feel like Monique needs to educate herself, understand what, who she's talking to, or maybe zero, narrow it down a little bit more. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, girl, who are you talking to? You're talking to Gabrielle Union. You're talking to bitches like that. Like, you're not talking to the everyday woman. Because these bitches don't give a fuck. And in one of these videos, and if you click the link, Monique is wearing a robe with her hair braided. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you can't even be on all the time. Where the fuck is your wig? 
I don't know, child. I, I just feel like I want people to stay out of black women's faces. Y'all know this is pro black. This is a pro black woman podcast. Um, the only black woman, you know, I'm critiquing right now is Monique because she violated. And even, but even that, I understand where she's coming from. You are discussing things as far as business or entertainment business. That's why Patty LaBelle tapped you and told you, "Hey, baby, you need to do something with your hair." Or, "Hey, baby, you know what are you wearing?" You know, "Hey, baby," you know. That's why, not because you are just a black woman out here trying to make it. No. I want y'all to stay out of black people's appearances. I want y'all to stop making, feeling like it's okay to comment on black people's everything. Like, stop it. Stop it. If you don't understand it, cool. Y'all gonna turn around and dress like it anyway once you see Kylie Jenner wearing it. The same things that you criticize people for being represent. If Kylie Jenner walked out with a bonnet or a head wrap, she does. She walks around with headscarves all the time. It's okay. She can walk around with house shoes on. It's fashionable. But a black woman trying to get to where she's getting and without being bothered, like, damn, can a sister breathe? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I was I had a lot of black women in my life who dressed all type of ways. I saw how pressured it was to have to be on all the time when everything is breaking down at home. Then I've seen the pressures of, you know, not giving a fuck and people saying constantly Everywhere you go, someone is commenting on it. That's another thing, too, that like I talk about all the time is how white people feel like it's okay. Not just what Monique, this is we're talking about Monique. And I, but I have a noticed issue a lot with black, I mean, white people who feel like they can comment all the time on how a black person is dressed. And then I make, I feel like it makes it more acceptable for black people to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, stop talking about what somebody's got on, especially if we can't talk about what y'all be wearing and what y'all be doing and how y'all be smelling. Is that racist? I think so. I think it's racist because it's coming from a black person criticizing a white person. But if I did this platform and told y'all to comb your hair and shit like that, that would be horrible. Get what I'm saying? Tweet me at Carmine Davis, um, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show. Let me know what you think. Am I thinking about it too far off? Are y'all not thinking that far ahead? Or do y'all even care? Because it's a black woman and we know that y'all don't give a fuck what black women think. You know, let me know. Let me know. <sighs> Monique, 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 Monique. Okay. Let's move on. All right. So we all know like the second segment is the artist spotlight here. I talk about my favorite artists, um, some unsung artists, groups, bands, um, great albums, concepts, eras of music, concepts. I just kind of unload my artistic thought thought processes here in this middle segment. Tell y'all where I'm feeling. Um, but this week I was Googling something like I was trying to make a playlist and I have all kind of great sex playlists, you know, but just maybe I was missing something, you know, maybe I was like missing some great, you know, beautiful sex songs, some classical sex songs, you know, sexy songs. And so I Googled them, like maybe some of the greatest sex songs of all time. And I came across this article. I went through a few of them, actually. And I was just kind of shocked by how unsexy most of these songs are. 
And how I had no idea who the fuck these people are. And I went across this um, article on LA Weekly. The top, the 20 sexiest songs of all time. You can click the link in the description, um, bio, whatever. And I was just kind of weirded out by these songs. I don't know if I'm going to go through all of them. Um, but I'm going to skip around to the ones that I felt like were the most impactful. Some of these songs, I have no idea who they are. If you know any of these songs, tweet me, let me know, um, verify, give me an amen because I don't, I don't see it. All right. Sexy music is personal. What turns you on, on maybe a bedroom crypt, not kryptonite to someone else. So compiling any list of all the time, all, all time sexy song, sexy songs is inevitably a highly subjective tasks. Clearly, our LA weekly writers weird to include Jack White, but no Marvin Gaye, probably. But everyone's a little freaky when the lights are out. Okay, even if not all our choices give you the warm and tingles, we hope you find some fodder here for your Valentine's Day playlists. Let's the seduction begin. Okay, 20 Sandana Matiteri. Terrence Trent Darby, Wishing Well. I don't know the song. In 1987, Terrence Trent Darby did onto MTV with model cheekbones, a cheek wardrobe, and killer dance moves. If that wasn't enough to make the teenagers drool over their remote controls, there was Wishing Well. He had audiences hooked with the opening lines, kissing like a bandit, stealing time underneath the sycamore, sycamore tree. The man, now this is the reason why I'm stammering over this because this article is print is really really small okay um man now known as sonata matreria knew the ultimate sexy secret that the art of wooing is as important as the art the act of sex which i agree and used that so full of effect in his breakthrough hit 19 telepop music breathe sexy down tipo electronica was all the rage in the early 2000s but rarely did it get sexier than french duo telepop music's breathe with angela mccluskey's sultry vocals gliding like silk on skin over languid synths and gently throbbing beat the track feels both tension filled and oddly weightless like great foreplay a promise of something steamier to come telepop music were Never quite able to replicate the seductive magic of Breathe. But then again, neither was anyone else. Um, number 17, Massive Attack, Teardrops. Now, I know who Massive Attack is. They There are songs for sex and there are songs for sharing your body and soul with your beloved through the sacred act of lovemaking. Follow this song in the latter category. Pulsing with Intensity, the enduring single from Massive Attack's 1998 album, Mezzanine, slinks along with the rhythm of a heartbeat casting a hypnotic spell from the moment singer Elizabeth Frazier of the, Con the Cocteau Twins coos love, love is a verb. Love is, doing, love is a doing word. As Frazier was recording the song, she got news of the death of her friend, Jeff Buckley, who drowned while Massive Attack was in the studio oh that song kind of that song is kind of about him she told the guardian that's how it feels to me anywhere mm, that was beautiful um 16 herb alpert rise um our herb alpert knows sexy after all this is who his famed trumpeter band leader who stuck a whipped cream covered lady on an album cover in 1965 by the end of the 1970s the a&m 
co-founder's approach was less obvious. In Rise, a 1979 Billboard chart topper, the tune of The Trumpet is more appropriate for a sundown gunfight in a western flick. Yet the track sounds really hot. Maybe it's the deep throb of the bass or the slow motion hand claps. Years later, Rise remains a staple of the late night smooth jazz radios playlist, solidifying its baby making status. Now I know his song Making Love in the Rain with Janet and um that lady. Okay. Uh 14, the weekend, what you need. Now this is top tier. Wow. I I fell in love with the weekend after hearing this song. Um The Weekend, whose real name is Abel Tessa Fay is like a sexy wizard. He can magically make anything that should be totally unacceptable completely okay, including infidelity, which is a subject of the t- his 2010 track, What You Need. The song entices its listeners to engage in a steamy affair with Mr. Testify, who can do everything your man does times three. The invitation is only made more irresistible by the weekend's velvety vocals, which slink over a looping Aaliyah sample. Alakazam, Seduction Achieved. Um... Let's screw uh, Eleven D'Angelo, Untitled. How does it feel? It took D'Angelo almost five years to release a sophomore album, but 2000's Stellar Voodoo was almost overshadowed by the sculpture who appeared in the video for Untitled. How does it feel? In less than five minutes, those pillowy lips, pleading eyes, and molten milk chocolate abs secured his place as a sex god, a crown that oppressed the bashful, formerly cuddly bodied D'Angelo for years. But strip away the superficial and what remains is D'Angelo's gentle then insistent 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 entreaties in your ear he just wants to be your man with everything that that entails he could weigh 300 pounds with that kind of talk I agree uh, nine, Def Leppard, Pour Some Sugar On Me. I do know this one. Once ranked by AVN as the number one song used by strippers, Pour Some Sugar On Me is a song reserved for only the raunchiest sexual escapades. The beat is as hard as his ranging boner. The riffs come in rhythmic thrust. The husky rasp in Joe Elliott's voice is likely the result of smoking too many post-sex cigarettes. And what about those ripped up jeans he's wearing in the music video? It wouldn't take much effort to tear those things right off. In the end, though, all you need is, is that big swooping chorus to reach the point of no return. I agree. Um, let's skip. Let's skip to the top five INX's I need you tonight I agree in 1987 Prince sang a song about fucking and INX is saying a song about foreplay but where's it left nothing to imagine left to the imagination need you tonight left absolutely everything to it that was largely due to smoldering frontman Michael Hutchinson or Hunchins whatever he recalled that hot Loner who skipped class to smoke and started at your 16-year-old self in a way that made it hard to swallow, irresistible, yet ultimately unknowable. And when a force of such magnetism beckons and murmurs, slide over here and give me a moment over a guitar riff so suggestive you blush if you hear it with your mom. You don't think, you just do. 
Okay, number four, TLC Red Light Special. TLC didn't have patience for the soft focus gentility of boys to men. Their male R&B counterparts might have vowed to make a lady's most romantic wishes come true on I'll Make Love to You. But in this infinitely steamier mid-90s sex jam, replete with butter-melting vocal phrasings, lubricious... Organ lines and aching moaning guitar. T-Boss, Chili, and Left Eye call that bet and raise the stakes, asserting that they're only willing to go further if you're willing to um, take it to take the southern route. Considering just how slowly and intensely the song moves, it seems the reward for the bowl can be explosive indeed. Three, the white stripes, ball and a biscuit. Some may argue that Seven Nations Army is the centerpiece of the White Stripes' 2003 LP, Elephant. But, really, it's the slow-build guitar, rock-sex anthem, Ball and Biscuit, beyond its euphemism and of a title. The track is seven-plus min- minutes of wicked seduction, courtesy of a swaggering, dirty-ass blues riff, and Jack White declaring his deliciously impolite intentions with one of rock's greatest threats, seductions right now you could care less about me but soon enough you will care by the time i'm done promise the entire thing he then builds into a climax of a guitar solo that still flutters us every time flushes us every time to chris isaac's wicked game from the twangy guitar to isaac's intimately yearning vocals you're completely seduced by the passionate four minute musical relationship and to the mix is black and white video directed by legendary fashion photographer herb ritz and staring model starring model helen helena christensen and isaac frolicking around in their undergarments on a beach who needs color when you have this sexy concoction by the time the song ends with isaac's declaration that nobody loves no one you're so turned on that you're completely willing to trade romance for sheer lust after all the song's title tells you what kind of relationship this is going to be and number one, Donna Summers, Love to Love You, Baby. There's only one version of Donna Summers' sex jam that is a more, more, more appropriate, and that's the 16-plus-minute version, I agree, that took up an entire side of a vinyl when it was released. The album, when, the, when it was released on the album of the same name in 1975, any abbreviation, any abbreviated remix on radio is the disco equivalent of premature ejaculation. Much has been said about the sexiness of this track, with the emphasis often placed on Summer's climatic moans. Uh, but just like Love Making Itself, there's more to the song than the play- payoff. In its full length form, Summer's passionate coups rise, fall, and fade into long stretches and hip grinding instrumental interludes. In the song's qu- quietest moments, there's a sense of intimacy that can penetrate even a crowded dance floor. Near the 11-minute mark, when the refrain rises as though it net were the reprise of a musical, it's a more effectively if orga- orgasmic moment than the groans. And just when you think the song is over, Summer picks it up right where she started. Time for another round. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that list. I don't know. Maybe we think of sex as completely different. <laughs> I don't know. Tweet me at Carmine Davis, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis. Let me know what you think about that list. The list um, in its entirety is in the description box, um, of course. Um, I don't like that. But anyway, let's move on. Um, I just had a sudden like situation. 
and it's shocking. Like, I don't know if you've ever had a sudden breakup or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I'm if one day you were fine and you think this person's going to be here forever, then all of a sudden they're just gone. You know what I mean? Like, that's a shocking experiment or experience. And, you know, I wanted to know how do you heal from the shock of a sudden breakup. And Love Blossom, howtolovebloss.com went through a list of things um, and gave us five tips for healing from the shock of breaking up. And number one is understand how a sudden breakup affects your self-image. Your identity is changed when you have a boyfriend or get married. You're no longer just you. You're part of a we. The life and love you shared as a couple becomes part of who you are. Love changes everything. So when your relationship ends, especially unexpectedly, your whole life turns upside down. Your body goes into shock to protect itself from unbearable pain and grief. Another reason sudden breakups are so shocking, especially if your boyfriend cheated and lied to you, is the trust that was broken. When you love someone, you trust them. You need to be able to rely on on and trust the man you love because we're wired to be in relationships with one another. God created us to be connected in relationships, to love and be loved in return. He wired us to lean on each other, to trust and support and nurture. We are so interconnected and built for love that even thinking about someone you love activates the same parts of your brain associated with pleasure, motivation, and reward. When you lose this intense connection, your body reacts by going into shock. Two, be gentle with yourself. Um, understanding why it's so hard to get over the shock of suddenly of suddenly breaking up can help you heal and move forward. Think of the breakup like it's a massive, terrible, traumatic car accident. Your body, mind, and soul has been crushed, bruised, beaten, and broken. If you've ever been in a crash, you know how hard it is on every aspect of your body, including your mind, heart, and spirit. The experience of a breakup is a rejection that pierces your heart and soul. This rejection prompts a neuro, neuro neurochemical withdrawal in your brain. A relationship is a wonderful is wonderful when all goes well, but you are literally going through withdrawal symptoms after a betrayal or a sudden breakup. You lost the love you were getting and your body needs time to adjust. Three, give yourself time to grieve. Different people heal and cope with breakup shock differently. Everyone has to grieve the loss of a relationship. You didn't just suddenly break up with your husband or boyfriend. You also lost an associate associated relationship. Maybe you knew and liked his mom, friends, or even his coworkers. Maybe you walked his dogs to, or took care of his cat. And maybe you helped him through the shock of losing a family member that he loved. Grieve your loss like it's something that died because it was. Your relationship died. This is a shocking, painful, sad loss of your life. Don't rush through the grief. Um, give yourself time to grieve the breakup slowly and thoroughly. You might want to try different ways to heal after the shock of breaking up, such as journaling about your pain, taking in, talking to a counselor and reading books. Um, four, refresh and rediscover your self-identity. Who are you? A key tip on how to get over the shock and sudden breakup of self-renewal. What is your life all about? Why are you here? Where do you want to be and go? Take time to build, rebuild and identify your self-image. Refresh and rediscover your sense of self-worth. Restore your self-esteem. The more you received your self-worth and identity from your role as a girlfriend or a wife, the harder it is to heal from your cope with the shock of a relationship ending. If your self-worth is tight, tied up with your relationship, then your boyfriend or husband's absence is a direct reflection of who you are. 
on the other hand, if you see your relationship and the breakup as one part of who you are, you'll be better able to absorb and heal from the shock. If you remember that you are also defined by your strengths, interests, abilities, experiences, memories, hopes, and dreams, then you will find yourself rebounding. You'll know that your husband, boyfriend, or relationship is not who you are. You find your identity as a woman, as a child of God that makes healing from the shock suddenly breaking up lighter and easier, almost natural. Five, accept and let go. Emotional and spiritual freedom are so important to me in this um all of this i learned from different interviews with therapists grief counselors and life coaches i found a wide variety of practical and personal tips for coping with a breakup letting go of someone you love isn't about pretending he didn't exist or even forgetting about him rather letting go means you accept that what happened both the good and the bad parts you allow the shock of the sudden breakup to heal naturally at your own pace and in your own time and you let go because you know what the gripping what gripping the past only makes you sad and weak feel free to share your thoughts and um with me and on twitter.com slash carmine davis instagram.com slash um i'm sorry that article really took me out instagram.com slash carmine davis instagram.com slash carmine davis show um i love y'all i don't really want to talk too much more um but that's why i like doing these shows because it is like a therapy session and um i know i'm not alone and i'm thankful for y'all to even listen to me invite me into your life for an hour every week or 45 minutes an hour um i'm just kind of sad today and it's okay like i'm okay with being sad um but i know i'm gonna bounce back I ain't chasing a nigga or, you know, whatever, but I'm sad. I lost my best friend this week and, um, I need a moment. Oh my God. No, no. Like Britney Spears. Oh my God. Okay. But, um, I appreciate y'all for listening. Pray for me. Keep me in your prayers and I'll do the same for y'all. Um, and I will see y'all next week. Love y'all. Bye.